Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. If you could stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. This is from Joel um, chapter 2, verse 12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he resents, I'm sorry, relents from sending calamity. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, it is such a joy and thrill to be in your presence this morning. We just pray that we would open up our hearts and our ears and our minds, Father, to hear your voice. Because it's your voice that we need. It's your word that changes our lives. So I just pray that we would be receptive to your truth. Father, I pray that those who might be hurting this morning, dealing with all kinds of issues in their lives, Lord, I pray that you would bring comfort to them this morning. I pray that you would wrap your loving arms around them and assure them that you got this. Father, I just pray that you would be glorified through this time, that you would be lifted up so that all men would be drawn unto you. Father, and I ask forgiveness of our sins where we have failed you. Father, anything inside of us that will hinder us from serving you, I pray that you would remove those things. And more than anything else, Father, I pray that you and your word would be proclaimed and that your truth would set us free. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is good to be here this morning. Who else is excited about being here this morning? <laughs> y'all make me a little nervous. I, I get a little nervous when y'all are quiet like, oh, man, how long is he going to talk? <laughs> but it is good to be back here um, in the house of the Lord downtown. Um, for you who may not know me, I'm Pastor Robert. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life Church, and I absolutely love being down here and being a part of this congregation. And what I would ask of you this morning is to just open up your heart to hear truth. And we're on a subject that I know a lot of us don't think about a lot, in all honesty, because it's not preached a lot, and so it's not heard a lot. So most of us would go on throughout the year and never even think about fasting. And I know when you hear those words, you think, mm, uh, I know, but it's food. I, I get that. I understand that. But I do believe that there's moments in our lives, in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, where prayer is just not enough. It comes by fast and pressing, and, and fast and, excuse me, fasting and praying together that strengthens us to do more than what we think that we're capable of. I titled this Fasting and Prayer, A Powerful Team. I don't know about you, but there's moments in my life to where prayer and I am seeking the Lord's heart and I am trying to understand what he's doing, what he's trying to teach us, where he's trying to take us. And man, I'm just kind of stuck there and not understanding all of what he has for us. And there are moments in my life when I decide that maybe I need to fast and pray, and maybe there will be a breakthrough through that. 
And I can honestly say that there's been moments where I've had times where I have fasted and prayed, and I promise you God has delivered an answer. It may have not been the answer that I wanted, and that's most of our problems in here. Because we're expecting God to do something that we want him to do, rather than what he knows to do that's best for us. And so when we set out on this journey this week, I, I pray that there would be a little bit of excitement. I, I, I've been struggling with this message this week because how do you tell someone you got to fast from food? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that there's moments in our life where we just need to fast anyways, that we need to fast away from certain things so that God can do certain things inside of us. There's a verse that comes out of Joel chapter 1, verse 14. It's not the verse that I'm going to share, but, but it's, it's part of the story because these people, the Israelites and, and this, this prophet here, they were going through some issues. There was judgment coming or has come on them. Locusts had eaten up their land and, and they were in despair. And for some reason, Joel gives this verse to the people. And he says this, declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders in all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Now, those issues that were going on then was rebellion. <laughs> Anybody been rebellious this week? Anybody been doing some sinful things this week? Don't raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Everybody just went. <laughs> That's a good sign or a horrible sign maybe. But it is so important and vital that we understand that when God brings his judgment, there are things that we have to do as a people, as his people, to impact the lives of those around us. To even try to convince God that, hey, we are changing if you give us one more chance. Remember how you would tell mom and daddy, oh, just give me one more chance. I promise I won't do it again. And it wasn't more than a day later. You're back to doing what you were doing. That's where we find the Israelites often. To where God would deliver them and set them free from things. And then all of a sudden they would find themselves engaging back into the same things. And God would have to bring judgment on them to straighten them out. There are some of us that believe fasting is just a waste of time. That fasting is more of a burden than a blessing. But you know what? Fasting is written almost over 70 times in God's word. And prayer is written over between 300 and 700 times, depending on what version of the Bible that you read. Which tells me that if it's written that many times, it's important to the Lord. If Jesus fasted for 40 days before he encountered Satan in the desert, then it must be vitally important in our walk. You see, for these people right here during this time, they had turned away from God and decided to do their own thing. I think most believers find that fasting can be somewhat pointless, just like these people did at this time in their lives. But I think most people don't understand the strength that comes from fasting and praying. See, most of us in here know a lot about Praying, pretty simple, but not so much about fasting. The Lord says the only way that these things can be gone, that is you have faith as little as a mustard seed, they'll be gone. But this only comes through prayer and fasting. 
A lot of us here have gone through some difficult things in our lives, and we just wondered, where is God in the midst of all of this? Why doesn't he hear my prayer? Why hasn't he responded to me? Well, at times, God responds in no. Sometimes he responds in yes, and sometimes he responds in just wait. At this time, the people finally realize that we have to do something to move God's heart back towards us to show us favor to get back in his graces. And at this time, they begin to fast. And what is fasting? I just want to give a quick little definition of fasting that I found. It says this, fasting is a self-sacrifice that makes one humble and more accepting of God's will. Heather Regalman wrote this in Crosswalk. She said this, fasting helps us detach from this world and prayer reattaches us to God. That is so vitally important. Fasting helps us detach from the world, but prayer reattaches us to God. It is vitally important that we realize that prayer and fasting moves God in miraculous ways that we have no idea what it does. But it's something powerful, and it's something real, and it's something that he talks about, and it's something that was in the Old Testament, and it's something that was in the New Testament, and it has to be part of us. There are four primary ways to fast, and David Clayton writes this. He says, major fast, abstain from food or drink for 24 hours. Minor fast, abstain from food for a certain period of time, maybe 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Partial fast, give up certain foods. I don't know what food you won't give up. Let's be careful. Because when the Lord talks about fasting, he wants us mentally, physically, and spiritually to be in tune. That it's just not something that we play with, but it is something that we are giving up from our heart unto the Lord, that we are surrendering over him. So when we decide that we're giving up something, let us be true to give it up. And then the one that I think we all need to do is the social fast, to give up TV or music or social media or the internet, our computers, our little friendly phones that we feel like we can't live without if we don't have it with us. But we must fast. And I think we're a time in our history in the United States where we, if we do not get on our knees and really begin to cry out to the Lord, we're going to implode. Because there is so much wickedness and so much garbage out here in our society that we're being infiltrated with Satan's plan, and a lot of us are just sitting around doing nothing. It's time for us to take a stand. And here in Joel, there's a stand that takes place. And the first point that I want to share with you is the first thing that they do is they have to return their hearts unto the Lord. I don't know where your heart is this morning, but right here at this time in the presence of God, these people realized that they had turned away from their God. Now, how do we turn away from God? Well, you know, I attend Wednesday service. I attend Sunday service. I do my taxes. I'm nice to my dog. We have all these things that we do. We have this list of things of our goodness and how great things are, and how our lives are, and how perfect they are, and how perfect we are as being God-like or Christ-like. And the truth of the matter is that our hearts are hard and cold and bitter. The truth of the matter is, is that when we really get together and when we're really honest with one another, there are all kinds of turmoil going on in our hearts and in our minds. 
There's all kinds of hidden, besetting sins in our life that we have tucked away that we hope no one ever finds out about. And we struggle with those things. And we sit in it. And we just pretend that all is okay. How you doing? I'm great. Yep, I'm feeling pretty good about life. Inside I'm dying, but outside I'm smiling. <laughs> and we do that, right? We, we pretend. We know how to put on the mask. We know how to put on this facade that everything is good. And this is where these people were. Their God who had taken care of them was saying, hey, you guys better straighten up and get it right. As I'm going to bring all of this judgment that I said that is coming, you're going to get the wrath of it. You're going to get every bit of it. I know at times when we look out sometimes that we wonder why hasn't God brought that on us? Because I'm telling you, everything that's going on back in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's going on right here today. And because I believe there's a remnant of people, a remnant of believers that continue to seek his face and love him, that he is sparing us. So let's look at the word. Return to me. And verse 12, it says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. He gives us three things here. The first thing he says, and I wonder why he used fasting, because what happened was the locusts came through and they ate up everything. And yet right here, he starts out with, we have to fast. Well, you might as well fast. You don't have any more food. Locusts don't eat it all up. But it's really funny or it's really important that he started out with fasting. See, the people realize that there is something going on in our life. God has brought judgment on us. And if we don't get things straightened out, if we don't humble our hearts unto him, then things are going to be destroyed, including us. So he cries out to them. He says, there has to be fasting. You have to fast. And in those days, there wasn't no social media stuff to fast from, all right? These people were going to have to say, God, in honor of you, in repentance, I am going to fast from food so that I can get in touch with you and you get in touch with me, the real me. You see, God knows the real us. Maybe our friends don't, maybe our family doesn't, maybe the pastor doesn't, but God knows the real us. And he knew the real people here, right here. Their hearts were hard and cold, and I turned away from God. He tells them, you got to fast. You got to fast. And then that second word, weep. When's the last time you weeped over your sin? When's the last time you said, Lord, this is in my life, and it grieves my heart because I know it breaks yours? that this thing is in my life. And because it's in my life, it controls the way I act, it controls the way I talk, it controls the way I conduct myself, and Lord, I don't know what to do with it. I can't get rid of this thing. And you just cried out to him. And I really believe in those moments that God is saying, these things will end through fasting and prayer. That the power of those two teamed up together that you can overcome this thing because I'm for you and not against you. I want this thing out of your life. And that is the thing about God. He doesn't want to punish us. He wants us to strive with him, to thrive in life. That's what he really wants for us. But it's us as humans that we have everything under control and we want to do it our way. And I know better than you, God. 
And then we have to bow ourselves before him and say, Lord, I need you more than I thought I did. And it's good to know that our father up above, he looks down at us and he says, I hear your voice. I see true repentance. And that's part of fasting. One of the reasons that we fast so that there will be real true repentance in our heart. And what is repentance? It is to turn from one's sinfulness towards God. It is to let those things go. So we need to fast and we need to weep. And Lord knows we need to mourn. We need to mourn when we see our society with all the things that we engage in out here, worldly, secular things, and I don't need to name them because we know them. We need to mourn for our country. We need to mourn for our brothers and sisters that may not know the Lord, that are engaging in all kinds of risky behavior, but no one's telling them anything. It's just like we're just laughing right along with them as they're bursting hell right open, smiling right in their face when we can tell them how they could have joy the rest of their life through Christ. And we're just going on through the motions because we don't want to interfere with anyone's life. We don't, we don't want to bother anyone. We don't want to be cast out. We want to just fit in. Jesus wasn't one that just wanted to fit in. He wanted to change people's lives. And that God that, is on, that was on the throne right here is telling us the same thing, that in our hearts and in our souls and in our mind and in our families and everywhere else, we got to start fasting, we got to start weeping, and we got to start mourning over our sin and over the sins of our fellow man. We need to pray for a revival, not only in the lives of people out there, but I really think he's talking about the revival in our own hearts, in our own lives. Because it's easy to do this. Yeah, oh, so-and-so. Yeah, I saw him over there. Yeah. But it's hard to do this. What's really going on in here? Who am I really? What am I really hiding from everyone else? Because we're good at that, right? We're good at telling other people what they need to do but we're not willing to do it ourselves. Fasting, weeping, mourning. The Lord was saying, you guys have to draw near me. And your hardship that you're going through right now, it's nothing compared to what it will be if you guys don't repent and turn your heart back towards me. Return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. And then the second point, rend your heart and not your garments. When I read that, I just thought, what in the world is God talking about? What is rend? Does anybody know the definition? What is it? I looked it up eight times. I was still asking Leslie, what is it? And then she was finally like, Robert, just don't use the word. <laughs> Rend your heart. And it's basically to divide, to, to, to take away, to get rid of something out of you. Get, get this thing out of you. And, and, and in this part right here where he's talking about when, when bad things would happen in society back in these days, the robes or the clothing that they were wearing, they would rip open. Hopefully they had other clothes on, but they would rip open 
as to show shame and disgust for what has been said or what has happened. When Jesus talked about him being the son of God, that was when the Pharisees ripped their clothing open and said, mm, and they were ashamed, and, 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 and this is what's happening right here. And so what he's telling us is that he wants us to take a real look deep down inside of our hearts and rip off the mask, rip off the foolishness, rip off the cover-ups, and just be honest and be, be clear about what's really going on in your life. He wants us to be broken. He wants us to confess our sins. He wants us to say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. And that's what he wants from us. Brokenness of the spirit because of your sinfulness. Spiritual breakthroughs only come through when we confess our sins unto the Lord and we get honest with him. And I think some of the hardest things in our life is to really bow down to God and confess everything that's going on in our lives. Because some of those sinful things that we have in our lives, we like holding on to them. They're our little pets. They're our little buddies. They bring comfort to us. And they're not things that we really want to let go of. Yeah, God, you can have all of this, but this over here is mine. I remember when I was in, in college, um, there was this guy that would come down, and um, he was from Fort Smith or somewhere, and we were at the University of Arkansas, <clears throat> I mean, southern, southern Arkansas, where I went to school, and he would come down and be part of our Bible study. I don't know how he found out about the Bible study, because we're on a college campus, and he's not a college student, but he would come down, and he would have Bible study with us, I think it was on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and... One day we got to talking about his walk and, and what was going on in his life. And he said, Robert, from this time to Sunday is God's time. But on Friday night, I do my thing. And his thing was him and women and a little alcohol. That was his thing. So he was hiding his life over here. He was one person over here. He was another. And that's just like these people. And that's just like us. We want to pretend when we were certain people that we're so holy and we're so upright and we're so got everything together. And the truth of the matter is, is that we are falling apart inside. The truth of the matter, there is so much stuff down inside of us that God can't use us because he's saying, get that out of your life before I will use you. And we miss out on things. In the book of Psalms 34, 18, he says, is the Lord is close to the broken, to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. There are times in our life where we just need to be broken and we just need to say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I need this stuff out of my life so that I can be all of what you want me to be. He wants us to turn away from the idols in our lives. He wants us to humble ourselves before him. He wants us to seek ye first the kingdom of God. He wants us to get rid of the things, these besetting sins that continue to engage in our life and control us. He wants us to get rid of the evil thoughts and the evil desires inside of us. He wants us to get rid of the anger and change the way that we think and the way that we treat other people and quit being so I'm somebody and humble ourselves and love on people just the way that they are. These people, he was saying, you can show a display physically by ripping your garment, but I really want you to rip the stuff that's in your heart, that's deep down in your soul the things that are really hindering you from me doing something great in your life. And that was all about fasting, mourning, and weeping. It needs to really be part of your life, and it just not needs to be talk, and it just not needs to be a thought. It needs to become a way of life. 
He wanted them to be broken. Get it out of your heart. Get it out of your life. And the third point is this. He responds to our prayers and fasting according to his will. He responds to our prayers and our fasting according to his will. Look what it says at the end of this verse. He says, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. This is the one thing about our God that we know. When we cry out to him and when we pray to him and when we're sincere and very repentant of our things, he hears those prayers. And even when he is in the midst of bringing judgment, which he is right here, because people begin to fast, begin to mourn, begin to whip, whip, wimp, weep. <laughs> he said, I'm going to spare them a little bit. He says, I'm not going to bring all of the judgment on them at this point. Because right now they are trying to get themselves right with me. I don't know if you remember the story, but when, when um, Abraham went to God because his nephew Lot was in trouble, and he began to cry out to God, and he said, God, you wouldn't really destroy Solomon and Gomorrah if there was 50 people that were righteous there, would you? Oh, no, no, I won't. What about if there were just 40? What about if there's just 30? What about if there was just 20? What about if there was just 10? And he could not find 10 righteous people in the land. You see, God's grace and his compassion for us is more than what any of us will ever comprehend. When he looks out at us and he sees the mess that we get ourselves in, when he sees the toughness and the hardness of our hearts, when he sees that we don't want to let go of certain sins, we want to hold on to certain things, when he sees that we don't want to read his word, we don't want to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ, there are moments where I know where his heart is so grieved that he just wants to say, I'm done with them. But here, because the people were willing to bow before him, because the people were willing to repent, because the people realized the condition that their hearts were in, and they cried out to him, and it says that he relented. He didn't bring it all on them at one time. And isn't it good to know that when we're locked up in our sin, that God just doesn't go, zap, you're done. I told you, zap. What if that was a God that we served? What if he wasn't a God of second chances? What if he wasn't a God that understands everything about us and knows what we're going to do long before we do it? What if he wasn't that? You see, fasting causes us to repent. It causes us to take a real look deep down inside of us. What is it really down inside of me that God wants out of me? And he gives us the right to come before him with all our junk, <laughs> with all our destruction, with all of our sin. And we get to bow at his feet and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. 
And maybe this morning that's where you are. It's not so much that fasting's so hard or prayer is so hard, it's just that you and me at times just love our sin. And we feel more comfortable with our sin. More so than we feel in the presence of the Lord. When the truth of the matter is, is that when we are locked into him, when we are at our knees begging for his help and his support, he wraps his arms around us and there is no comfort, no love, no joy, no peace better than that. But sometimes we think our sin is. And these people realize we got to let it go. And the last verse he said, I read to you is um, verse 18. And he says this, Then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. When we decide that we've had enough of the world, we've had enough of the sin, he takes pity on us. He shows grace and compassion towards us. Do we deserve it? Have we earned it? Do we get to borrow it? No, he freely gives it. He freely gives it. And aren't we glad that he does? You see, I still know that some of us will buck the system about prayer and fasting because it's just not something you're used to, just not something you want to do. But I beg of you, I beg of you to give it a chance this week that you would surrender something. Doesn't matter what it is. You'll just say no to something. And these are 10 biblical truths that will happen. It will strengthen your prayer life when you begin to pray and fast. You will seek God, and he will give you guidance in your life like never before. Your eyes will be opened up more than ever before. He will help you get through that grief that you're dealing with when you confess unto him that you're going through a tough time. He will deliver you and protect you even more than you've ever been protected in your life. When we fast, we express repentance and a return to God, and nothing's better than that. When we come to ourselves and realize that we are separated from our God, it will humble oneself before God and says, God, I don't have it all under control. I need your help. Us as men, that's one of our problems. We think we have it all under control, and we don't. To express concern for the work of God to minister to the needs of others. Fasting will help you overcome temptation and you will dedicate yourself back to God. It will help you express your love and worship for God. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I'm ready to see some changes in my life. I'm ready to see some changes in the life of my family. You see, what are you praying for and what are you trying to get rid of? It's time to fast and pray, men and women. Amen. It's time for this church to pray for revival. It's time for us to pray for our friends and our loved ones that are lost and clueless about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's time for some healing to come in some of our lives. It's time for some of us to let go and forgive someone that we've been holding a grudge over for years and we think we're punishing them. It's just time. The great thing about the Lord, he's not going to force you to do it, right? He's just going to invite you. Come on. Come on, pray with me. Come on, fast with me. Let me show you what I got for you. And I believe that he has some awesome, wonderful things for us. Amen. Let's pray. Would you bow with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just want our will. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We just want to do our thing. I know I do. To sacrifice something is what fasting is about, to sacrifice something so that we can draw near you. I, I, I pray that we would take that in, Lord, that we would understand how desperately we need you in this time, in this moment, that our lives are never going to transform. They're never going to be changed. We're never going to reach out to anybody else. We're never going to impact anybody else's life until we begin to really seek you out and pray and fast. I pray that that would be a desire of ours, Lord. That we would cry out to you. That we would give up something for you. Because you gave up everything for us. And I think there's moments where we forget that. Let us remember the sacrifice that you made on the cross for us. Let us remember that you had to separate yourself from your son how painful that was. Let us do what you want us to do, Lord. And let us not complain, let us not grumble, but let us be thankful that we get the opportunity to do this. I don't know where all you are today. There might be someone here this morning that doesn't have any idea what it is to walk with Christ. And if that's you, the Lord simply says, confess your sins unto him, and he is faithful to forgive you. If you need the Lord Jesus Christ, he simply says, confess that he is Lord, invite him into your heart, and he'll save your life. And those of us today who are just dealing with issues and dealing with stuff that might be in rebellion, I say to you this morning, let it go. Give it unto the, unto the Lord and watch what he'll do with it. Father, we love you. We desperately need you. And we pray that you have been lifted up and glorified through this time. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our pastor Bronson, he had a message for us, and we're going to watch it right here on the video. Hey, guys, Bronson here. Uh, I've missed you tons uh, these past couple of weeks. We've, we've had a crazy couple of weeks. As many of you guys know, we, we had an unexpected death in the family. And uh, I appreciate you guys giving me the time uh, to go up there and be with them. Please be praying for us. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be having the funeral. I'm going to be doing the eulogy. And so pray that God is glorified and that people are comforted and that the gospel uh, goes forth even in this tragedy. And so uh, we're in this season of the year where everybody is just reassessing life. Uh, everybody's setting goals, which most of you have already failed on some of those. Anybody brave <laughs> enough to raise the hand? Uh, but what, what we really want to do is 
we, we want to zero our, our attention and our focus and our hearts and our minds on, on one thing. Matthew 6.33 says that if we seek first, everyone say seek first. seek first. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the things that we're aiming at are going to be added to us. And y'all, that's just been something that's, that's been echoing in my heart and in my mind these past couple of days as I've been praying for us as a church. Um, here's something that hit me that's amazing about the church. We do not have to generate a movement. We, we don't have to go out and generate energy around something new. We actually are joining a movement that's been happening over 2,000 years. That's the church yeah. across the globe. And so what God is doing in Little Rock through the church is actually part of a global and a generational movement that we all get to be a part of. And so here's where I want to challenge you and encourage you. We're coming into this week of prayer and fasting. That's going to be Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., right where you're sitting. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Seek God first this year. Put God first. Um, as we go into fasting, you know, there's so many different ideas and, and thoughts around it. And, and here's how I, I'd love to frame it for you. It's, it's a time where we deny ourselves certain comforts so that we can hear clearly from God. You know, going through this season uh, with my family, when you're in pain and discomfort, uh, the things that really matter come into sharp focus. That's what's been happening for us, and I pray that that's what happens for you. And so our prayer as a church is simple. It's always been this, uh, the echo of what, what Jesus prayed, kingdom come. And so our prayer is that the kingdom of God would come in Little Rock as it is in heaven, in your house as it is in heaven. And as that happens, y'all, I am so convinced, I am more convinced than I've ever been that the power and the transforming work of Jesus can renovate an old, broken down, drafty house like a lot of us feel like our lives are. And, it can and, and he can come in and he can renovate our hearts to be a palace fit for a king. You know, the, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit, think about this, the Holy Spirit of God wants to dwell in us and lead us. And you know, when that happens, listen, some of you guys, you're fighting for your family, you're fighting for relationships. When your heart is renovated into the way that, that God intends for it to be, your healing happens in your family. And it doesn't just stay there, it goes out and it transforms communities. And so what I want to encourage you guys to do is be there. I'm going to be back on Wednesday for prayer, uh, but we're going to be talking about uh, how to love God well, how to love people well, and how to seek the kingdom together. And so I know you guys just got to hear a great word from Pastor Robert on fasting. And here's what I want to ask you. As always, I have two questions for you. What's God speaking to you right now in this season? And, and if he's speaking, what are you going to do about it? Here's where I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Uh, this week, get, get uncomfortable through fasting. I know we've outlined what some of those things are. But also just through getting up early and seeking God first. I'm telling you. If you do that, you're going to see so much transformation in your life. Y'all, I love you. Uh, I'm going to be back with you really soon. Uh, next weekend, uh, we've got our life group launch coming up. So please be praying about that. Uh, be praying for your leaders. And I believe it's going to be a powerful season for us. I love you, church. See you soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review, things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, if you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at, at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.